Thy Kingdom Come Part 4. Uh, I want to go to Genesis 22. Actually, you know what? I'll go to Matthew 6, 9. Matthew 6, 9. This is what we've been talking about. After this manner, pray for ye our Father which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day. Everyone say this day. Give us this day our daily bread. Amen. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for who you are. The name of this message, this is part four of Thy Kingdom Come series, and it's called The Breadwinner. Breadwinner. Yeah. Father, I just thank you for this word today. Come on, let's begin just to invite him in this session right now. Father, we need you, Lord God. We love you, Lord God. Come on. You are the King of Kings. You are the Lord of Lords. Come on, begin to press in. I know we, we, we come to church and we look at a person. We need breakthrough. Father, Holy Spirit, speak today. Speak today. Speak today. Have your way. Have your way in the mighty name of Jesus. Who is believing for breakthrough? Who is believing for financial breakthrough as we go into 2023? Listen, this word today that God has given me, I fought for it. And I'm telling you this, it's really going to challenge our hearts. Like this word is going to challenge our hearts, our motives. It has to because it is getting in the way of us producing fruit. It is getting in the way. And so we have to get free of what God is going to be talking about today. So, Lord, I just thank you for your provision today. Lord, I thank you for your increase. And Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would lead me and guide me, Father. I thank you that everything I'm supposed to say, you allow me to say. And, and if I'm not supposed to say it, do not allow me to say it. In Jesus' mighty name, if you're in agreement, everybody say amen. 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 Thank you so much. You may be seated. It's a little different. I'm trying to get, you know, there's no music or anything. So I'm just trying to, you know, he's like, I got the music to... But I love it. I love it. Everyone say breadwinner. It says, after this manner, pray for ye our Father which art in heaven. Say with me, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. So this entire series, we've been breaking down the Lord's Prayer. We've been unlocking this blueprint that the Lord has set in this prayer to access the supernatural. But here's the deal. Raise your hand if you've heard the messages from this series, if you've heard it. If you haven't, go back and watch from part one. If you can apply it, if you can put application with this word, if you can put application to these messages, you are going to encounter the supernatural in your life. But you have to, you have to, you have to unlock it. You have to apply it. And we have too many people right now. It, you know, we, we, we're hearing, we're hearing, we're hearing, but we're not taking the responsibility of doing and doing and doing. And we have so many people. I'm going to talk about it in a little bit. But we have so many of us. We love hearing. We love hearing messages. We've heard. Raise your hand if you probably felt like you've heard 100 messages this year. At least. I'm talking about online, from different pastors. Like, you know, you've probably heard a hundred messages. Let me ask you this. How many of those messages have, have brought fruit to your life? Like, how many of those messages are you living out? And the, the thing about it is, is that, and this is what I even told my wife I was getting ready for this message. I said, you know what? I, I'm, I, look, I'm human, right? And for me, I'm like, when I, when I sit before God and I get this word, I'm like, God, I know that the seed is going to go in. I, I, I know. But, Lord, I want a church that's going to hear it and do it. I want a church that's going to hear it and apply it in their lives. Listen, this is not a religious thing that we do. This, this is the locker room. 
You got to be hungry for this. You got to be a student of the word. When, you, when you're in school, you got your notepad out, you're ready, you're going, you're highlighting it, you're studying it. What if we did that this year? Like, what if we stewarded the word like we would steward something at our job? What if we steward the word like we were at an orientation somewhere? Like, what if we stewarded the word and we really studied it? Like, we really went back and we studied it and we prayed? Because let me tell you one thing about the word. The word is life. It is active. The word, let me tell you this. I'm just, I'm just going to let God just do what you want to do. I'm, I'm not even, I haven't studied yet. But the word comes in seed form. Everyone say seed. seed. Who likes popcorn? Who's ever made popcorn? The word is like seeds in, in, a, in, a, in, in popcorn, in, in that popcorn bag, right? What happens, though, is that we receive the word in seed form. We come to church. We watch messages. We get inspiration from people. And, and good word, good word, good word. And we have the word in seed form, but we never microwave it. We never put it into action. We never allow God to cook it. We never put some heat on it. We never allow God to stir it. And so we are walking around with all these seeds, but no popcorn. We're walking around with all these seeds, but no fruit. And so I really, I really want this church to wake up. I want you to wake up. If you're hearing me online, I want you to wake up. Because what I hear from the Holy Spirit is, is that for too long in Western culture, we're too comfortable. You go to other countries right now, when they hear the word, it's about life and death. They need faith right now because they got to figure out how they're going to avoid the Muslims that want to burn down their church. Pe people need faith right now in certain parts of the world where it is illegal to walk with a Bible. You get caught, that is it. You are going to jail. People in different places I mean, have been murdered and, and beaten. And this is the time that we're living in right now. We are too comfortable here. We're lukewarm. We're too lukewarm. We're too comfortable because we come here once a week. And this has become a culture to hear what you have to say to me. Make me feel good about myself. But then I turn around and I keep living the way I've been, been living. And so the Holy Spirit, I, I feel God right now just saying this so strong through me. The Holy Spirit is saying time is short. Time is short. We're too comfortable. We're too comfortable. This isn't a TV show. Okay? This isn't theater. This, this is real life. This is the word of God. You are a soldier in the kingdom. You are a prince. You are a princess of the kingdom. You have authority. You have assignments. You have a purpose to fulfill on this earth. There is no time to waste. There are people right now that need Jesus through you. There are strategies that are being released right now in the spirit. And this is flying over your head. You receive it, but it goes out your ear. And then God will put you right next to the person where that word was for. But because you haven't applied the word, you forgot the word. And now you can't even help that person. So what, I'm, so what I feel in my spirit is, is that the Lord is saying, I need you in this hour to be a steward over this. I need you to get serious. I need you to get into this word during the week. I need you to wake up earlier and begin to seek my face. I need you to be hungry for me instead of being hungry for that show that you're trying to binge watch on Netflix. I need you to be hungry for me. Like, what if we binge watch the word? What do you think would happen to us if we're like, you know what? I'm in chapter three, but I got I to read one more chapter. This is good. Oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just going to read the whole book. This is good. Because that's what we do at home when we're watching our favorite show. But can you imagine if you had a hunger desire for the word? If you want a hunger desire for the word, I want you to pray this to me. Just say, Father, give me a hunger desire. That didn't make no sense. But just try it again. Father. <laughs> Y'all repeated it too. Y'all illiterate just like me. Give me, a, give me a hunger desire. Give me a hungry desire. <laughs> Jesus, you need to know what you're saying. That's why... I, I know you're not paying attention because you're just saying everything I say. Lord, let my head turn around. Let my head turn around. Just, uh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm about to start saying, repeat after me and see who's, see who's going to do it. 
Um, anyways, Lord, give us a, a hungry desire. Whatever, I don't know what I'm saying. Just for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So the name of this message is called Breadwinner. A breadwinner is the main person in the family who is the provider. And many of us right now have been dealing with anxiety. We have been uh, dealing with, you know, stress with our careers. We've been dealing with stress in, in terms of our families' lives and the direction that we want to take. And, you know, what am I supposed to, what, what, what job am I supposed to take? Where am I supposed to move? And some of us have been struggling and we've been exhausted mentally because in our own strength, we've been trying to produce fruit in our life. And we've been anxious. Some of us have been dealing with fear. We've been tossing and turning at night, trying to figure out how we're going to pay these bills. And, and we're dealing with this anxiety because we're trying to figure it out more than pray it out. And the reason why we're on our own strength trying to figure it out is because we believe that we're the breadwinner. We believe that we're the breadwinner. Bread means provision. Everyone say provision. And when Jesus says, I am the bread of life, I need you to hear what I'm saying. When Jesus says, I am the bread of life, he is saying, I am the provision for your life. I am the provision. I am provision. And so when we say, give us this day, this is part four, give us this day our daily bread. Jesus is saying, I have daily provision for you. I have daily provision for you mentally. I have daily provision for you spiritually. I have daily provision for you to be strong emotionally. I have daily provision for you right now. Give us this day our daily bread. And so when Jesus says that I am the bread of life, he says, come to me, all who, are, who labor, all of you who are dealing with life right now. Stop running to the club. Stop running to this person that you think they can fulfill your needs and they can't. Run to me. Run to me. He says, come to me with your heavy burdens and I will give you rest. The reason why God can give you rest is because he is provision. I know many of us, we think we're the breadwinners, but Jesus is the bread of life. But there's a reason why, and this is kind of what I'm getting at today, there's a reason why we know Jesus, but we are not walking in the fullness of his provision. The church reps Jesus. We are loud about Jesus, but we, we are not walking in his provision. There is no evidence of provision of Jesus in our life. How is Jesus going to be the bread of life, but we're not walking in his provision? How is Jesus provision and we're not walking in provision? Does that make sense? It seems like we have Jesus in one area of our life, but in the other area of our lives, we figure it out on our own. The first point is this. You cannot receive the provision from God when you think you're the provider. You cannot receive the provision from God when you believe that you are the provider. And today, God has given me a simple assignment. I don't know how long this message is going to be, but he's given me a simple assignment because he wants me to reveal to us our hearts, the condition of our hearts. Because a lot of us have been stuck in a spirit of poverty. And the, the, the lack that we have in our lives is a result of not walking in Jesus as your provision. It's the main result of that. 
And so there's some people that are probably watching, you're probably here, and you're probably like, no, I, I know God is my provider. But the Holy Spirit is going to reveal our heart from the decisions that we make. Everyone say Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh means the Lord will provide, the Lord my provider. The reason why we don't know God as Jehovah Jireh is because you don't encounter God as Jehovah Jireh by how well you receive. You only encounter Jehovah Jireh, if you read the scriptures, by how well you give. And that is the main reason, that's the main reason why the church is, 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 is immobile. That's the reason why we're not full of power. That's the reason why we're not moving in truth in our lives. It's because we have a bunch of people of this generation that love to hear messages. But we do nothing with the message. But you're only going to encounter Jehovah Jireh by how you give, not how well you receive. This is what it says in Luke 6.38. It says, give, everyone say give, give, and it will be given to you. There's something that happens in the spiritual realm, hear me out, when you give. Yeah. There's something that breaks open. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave. There's something that happens that God created for us. Something that breaks open in the spiritual realm when you give. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down shaken together and running over will it be would it be into your bosom for with the same measure that you use it will be measured back to you for with the same measure that you use it will be measured back to you god measures your life by how well you give not by how well you receive this is what it says in luke 21 verse 1 through 4 it says, and he looked up, this is Jesus, and he saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. The disciples are gathered with Jesus, and they're analyzing people's giving. And all of a sudden, there was this woman that he saw, and he saw a certain poor widow putting in two mites, which is essentially two pennies. People are coming in, putting hundreds in there, and this woman is in line. And she come up and she put two pennies. And I could just imagine everybody just judging her. Like, she gonna just put two pennies in the offering, in the offering box? Like, what's she? But this is what happens. So he said, he said, truly I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Why did this woman give? You see, the way God measures in the spiritual realm, in the realm. The, the, the way God measures in the spiritual realm is how well you give, not how well you receive. How well you give from your situation, from your heart, right? She gave more than everyone else. But it says, she says, he says, for all these came out of their abundance, have put in offerings for God. But she, out of her poverty, put in all the livelihood that she had. Let me tell you this. When God is Jehovah Jireh, I won't say Jehovah Jireh. You see, a lot of people know Jesus, but we're not walking with Jehovah Jireh. We don't know Jehovah Jireh, okay? Because when you know Jehovah Jireh, you, you, you'll give even in lack. You'll tithe when you don't got it. But when you don't know Jehovah Jireh and you know you as the provider, you will only give out of abundance. 
you will only give out of the extra you have, out of the extra time you have, out of the extra energy you have, out of the extra patience you have. And so whenever you come up and you see lack in your life, you, you don't give that to God because you don't think he's going to come through. Because you're the breadwinner. You're making it happen. You bring the provision, not him. So when there's lack in your life and the Lord says, if you can trust me with this, I'm going to do this. You're like, uh-uh-uh, this is mine. I'm not giving this. I'm not giving this. Mm-mm. I, I got to pay these bills. I got to take care of this. I got to take it down. Let me just, I'm going to cancel all these. I'm just going to do this because I got to get through. When you do that, you're telling God, I'm the breadwinner. I'm the provider. And when we do that, we actually keep away the breakthrough that God is trying to give you. When you know God as Jehovah Jireh, you know that gaining is connected to giving. This is Proverbs eleven twenty four. It's okay. You don't have to clap. We're going to get through this. Proverbs eleven twenty four. You can be, have an attitude all you want. Shoot. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to introduce you to somebody. Because we wouldn't be here right now if, if we didn't know Jehovah Jireh. This church that we're doing, third year in, would not be here if we did not go through the test of the last 12 years of, of having faith in God as our provider. We wouldn't be here. So everything I'm saying today is what we're living right now. <laughs> Proverbs 11:24 24, it says, there is one who scatters. I want you to see this, this is a powerful revelation. There is one who scatters yet increases more. And then there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. The reason why the church and people in the church are so worried about survival, worried about survival, instead of taking territory and taking ground and, you know, buying out properties and buying out neighborhoods and, and setting up buildings for organizations and, and, you know, launching nonprofits and just seeing what we did yesterday a hundredfold. The reason why we're not is because we just live our life looking to receive. We never scatter anything. We just take, we just take, we just take. We're, we, we, as I said before, Western, the Western church for us, we are consumers. We want to we take and take and take. And I really believe in my spirit, God is shifting things in the body of Christ. He's shifting things from making this an imagination performance stage where someone is speaking and tap dances and sings to everybody coming together like the book of Acts. In participating and taking over territory. So it says, there is one who scatters, yet increases more. I'm going to ask you this question. Scatters what? Scatters what? This is talking about seed. Everyone say seed. When you know God is Jehovah Jireh, you know when you give anything, you see it as seed. When you're the provider, anything that you give, you see it as loss. When you know God as Jehovah Jireh, God already know me. Don't give me an opportunity to give. I'm going to give. I'm, my wife, no, I'm crazy. I give. I, listen, if God told me to give, I don't care what's happening in my life. If I lost my job, if my pay got cut, if I, if I go somewhere and God says, I want you to help this family out. And, and I want you to sow your last thing into then and watch me come through. I'm radical in my faith. I've seen, I've seen, I could have a book on miracles in the last like 10 years of God coming through as Jehovah Jireh. 
I mean, I could tell stories for the, for the whole time, right? So I understand. I understand because I, I've, I've allowed God to be my provider. But when you do not see God as your provider and you see yourself as the one as provider in your own life, when God tells you to do anything, you're like, mm-mm, because I, I need that right now. It's mine. When you're the provider, you look at everything you have as yours. When God is the provider, everything in your life, you're able to walk away from it because you know it's God's. When you see God as Jehovah Jireh, when we, when we talk about tithing, you, you, you don't roll your eyes. In the back of the church, like, okay, here we go again. The church just wants my money. Just money, 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 money. But when you know God is Jehovah Jireh, you see tithing as an opportunity to sow seed. Seed into the ground. Seed into the ground. When you don't know God is Jehovah Jireh, when you hear about tithing, not only does it irritate you, but you see it, if you do give, as an obligation to the church. When you do give, it's, you know, just my donation is going to help the church out. Because that is your donation, right? But when, you, when God is Jehovah Jireh in your life, you understand that everything he puts in your hand is seed. And seeds, when they're in the ground, it has to grow. It has to meet your needs. It has to come back a hundredfold. When you know God as Jehovah Jireh, you're able to give money to a family member or a friend that is struggling and not expect them to pay you back because the money that you just gave is seed. When you know God is Jehovah Jireh and God is calling you to serve somewhere or be somewhere and be there for somebody else and it's inconven inconvenience to your time, you have no energy, you've been working all week, you are tired, but you still show up, you know that this is seed. When you know God is Jehovah Jireh, everything that you do is seed. But the reason why we are so stingy with everything in our life is because you believe you're the breadwinner. You know, the reason why we can believe, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to share all the testimony yet because it's still, it's still developing. But let me tell you this. The reason why we can stand on and believing for a paid off million dollar facility, completely paid off. The reason why we can stand on that and believe for this is because we have a lot of seed in the ground. We have, a, we have a lot of seed in the ground. You don't know this, and I'm still allowing the testimony to develop, but God is moving. So like I said, God is moving. But I will say this. <laughs> Earlier this year, we got some money, um, and it was towards the building, right? It was towards the building. Another organization partnered up with us. And we found out that another church that we're connected to <laughs> was building an expansion for their children's ministry. They needed a certain amount of money. We're raising money. We're trying to get the church to get money. We're believing for people to, to donate because we believe for this building. And the Holy Spirit challenged me. Yeah. And said, what you see, they, what they need was thousands of dollars. You need to give into that. We have sold this year. Thousands of dollars. I am not lying to you. Thousands of dollars into different churches. Yeah. And we sitting here believing for our own building. Yeah, yeah. And we sitting here, we giving when, when, I'm be honest with you, our church don't really give to us. Mm. But we're giving and we're sowing. And, I, and I don't, we don't do this for money. I do this because he's my source. That's right. That's right. Period, period, Amen. period. 
But I'm trying to tell you in any area of your life, you have to be a giver. You have to be a sower. You have to sow out of lack. You have to sow when it don't look like it's getting better because what you're doing is laying down seed. If you keep holding on to the seed, you will never see your harvest. And so the testimony is still developing, but I'm saying like, like the, way, the way we give is, is we're radical. We're radical givers. That free yard sale yesterday is the very beginning of what we're going to do in the city. That is the very beginning, okay? In two years, I, I'm telling you right now, thousands of people are, are about to, it's about to be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We had about, we had over 150 people come yesterday, right? And I think it was like, I think 95% of the people got prayer on the way out. 95% of the people. So people came, they got some things, they got prayer, they ate. I mean, it, it was phenomenal. This is the church. It's the church in action. We're givers, not takers. We're givers, not takers. And let me tell you this. We didn't do what we did yesterday for people to come to the church. We, we did it to give. We did it to sow seed in the area. We did it to build the kingdom. We are givers. We are givers. We are givers. We're we a generous church. We are a generous church. And you're going to see that very, very soon. This is what John 12, 24 says. This is, this is about seed. Because when you are the provider of your life, seed scares you. Giving seed scares you because seeds have to die. When seed leaves your hand, it's no longer yours. So we're afraid to give seed because we, we just look at it as what I'm losing. But let me, let me tell you what happens in the seed and the spirit. This is John 12, 24. It says, very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies. I'm going to say dies. It remains only a single seed. What's happening is, is that many of us have been walking with single seeds. We have the seed for your business is in your hand right now. The seed to see your children turn around during this battle is in your hand right now. The seed for you to get healing with this depression is in your hand right now. The seed that has kept you stuck, confused, lonely in this place, you got the seed in your hand right now. Every problem that you have, there is a seed in your hand for it. I'm going to say it again. Every problem, every battle, everything you're going through right now, God has provided a seed for it. This is what it says. <laughs> Unless a kernel wheat falls to the ground and dies, it only... It remains only a single seed. If your seed doesn't go into the ground and die, it stays a single seed. But it says, but if it dies, it produces many seeds. It produces many seeds. Whenever we give God anything, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's almost like a, a fleshy death to receive spiritual life. You have to trust God. Just how Jesus went to the cross and died for your sins, but rose up again, got resurrected, is the same thing he does with every seed that you sow. He resurrects seeds. When seeds are sown, it look like it's dead. You don't see it for a little bit. It's underground. And all of a sudden, it just come up. He says, do not get weary while doing good. For at the proper time, because there is a time table for this seed. The seed is growing. You've been loving this person. They haven't changed. You've forgiven them. You've served them. They still, act, they still mock your God. They still act the same with you. No, no, you just keep sowing seed. It's, it's only a matter of time before something happened in their life and they come to you for prayer. It's only a certain amount of time for that seed to grow a 100-fold. So the enemy wants you to be discouraged and have you stop sowing seed when you don't see it. But how many do you know that when you sow seed, farmers know this, that 
if it doesn't rain, this is what happened thousands of years ago because now we have technology, but if it didn't rain, the seeds weren't growing. The reason why you shouldn't be discouraged right now of sowing seed that you haven't seen a return on is because it hasn't rained yet. But when it does rain, you want to be ready. And I'm telling you right now, it's about to pour. It's raining today in the natural, but it's, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> these next couple of months, it is raining in the spirit. But if you don't have no seed in the ground, you, you don't need to be excited about the rain. Because that rain come, and you be like, I'm still in the same situation I've been in the last two years. Because you have so no seed. We got seed in the ground. We can believe right now for millions of dollars for this, for this territory that we're going to step into because we have seed in the ground. And we're going to keep sowing seed until it happens. I'm going to go here real quick. We're going to go somewhere else. Jesus is having church with 5,000 people. I got to show you what we do. Jesus, wow, look at, look at the time. I love it. He's having church with 5,000 people. Luke 9 11. God just talked to me so much. He just confirmed. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Oh, that's another testimony for later. We'll, we'll fill you in. I'll fill you in. This is Luke 9, 11 through 12. I want you to see this church service and what happens next. It says, but when the multitudes knew it, they knew Jesus was going somewhere. They followed him and received them and he received them and he spoke to them about the kingdom of God. He's having church, teaching the gospel, preaching the gospel. And he healed those who needed healing. Jesus is moving. They're having Sunday service. People are on fire for God. People, it is an exciting time. Exciting time. What a great word, Pastor. What a great service. But then, this is what it says. It says, when the day began to wear away, the 12, uh oh, Jesus. <laughs> God, I hate when that happens. Um, I have surpassed puberty. I, okay, thank you. Uh, when the day began to wear away, the 12 came and said to him, this is what they said to him. The 12 came to him. They just had church service. Send the multitude away. They just had church service with Jesus. Now look at what the disciples are saying to Jesus. I've seen this a hundred times. I've never seen this before. They say, send the multitudes away that they may go into the surrounding towns and country for what? And lodge and get, what is that word? They just had Sunday morning service with Jesus. They just got the word from Jesus. And now the disciples want Jesus to send the same people that just received the message for their lives into their own lives to find their own provision. Because we trust God to hear the word, but we don't trust him for our provision. We trust God to hear the word on Sunday. We trust God to hear the word. Let me tell you this. We are in the church professional word hearers. We know how to hear a word. We know how to hear a word. We know how to hear a word from God. We know how to clap our hands, stomp our feet. We read crazy faith. We know how to post about the word. On Twitter, we know how to post about the word on Instagram. And we are the same people that will wake up Monday morning and stress about how we're going to pay our bills. That was going to be a lot of amen right there, but it's fine. Did y'all just hear what I said? 
I know it hurts. I know it hurts. But that's what we do. We love to hear God's word, but we're very insecure when it comes to his provision. They won't say breadwinner. I'm going to go to Mark 6.36. This is what it says. It says, this is another version. It says, send them away. Jesus, the disciples saying that. That they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread. They're with Jesus, who is the bread of life. They're with Jesus right now, who is the bread of life, right? Jesus said, give us this day our daily bread. But now the disciples are pushing that aside, and they're saying the people need to go and need to buy. They, 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 need, they, need, to spend, they need to buy bread. Basically, what this is happening right here is something that we're going to talk about right now. It's the battle between God and money. Yeah. It's the battle of, of provision. It's the battle of provision between God and money. And as I'm, as I'm reading this, <laughs> I, I, I'm not telling you to quit your job. I'm not telling you to stop working. That's not what I'm saying. I'm going to say it again. I'm not telling you to quit your job. I'm not telling you to stop working. But what is happening right here in this passage with the disciples, the disciples want to send the people away from Jesus, who is provision, to go into the town and to depend on their own money for provision. Because basically what happens is, is that we, we, we hear God's word, but we have more trust in our paycheck. More dependence on our paycheck. And so whenever money gets into the situation that's messing with your time with God, that's messing with the direction where the Holy Spirit is leading you, God doesn't want you to have this job. God doesn't want you to take this opportunity. I know it pays really, really well, but it's taking away from your spiritual growth. God has another way of providing for your life. But when money comes into the scene, we just, we just kick Jesus right out because you got to survive. Because you're the breadwinner. And so the disciples right now want to send the people away from Jesus who is provision. Because they have no idea what Jesus has planned for them. Jesus is about to rock the world. Jesus is about to multiply bread. They don't need to go into town. They can save their money. Jesus is about to open up a supernatural door for them. But they're so money driven that they don't even give time for the Holy Spirit to speak to them. They got to they make their money. So that means I got to get up. The first thing I got to do, I ain't going to pray. I'm not going to read my word. I'm not going to see God. The first thing I got to do is game plan on how I'm going to get this bill paid. How I'm going to get these kids in this school. How I'm going to work this out this week with my family. What, and so we leave God out, but we fellowship with him on Sunday. Let me say this. God blessed you with the job. He did. Bless you. God blessed you with the job. God blessed you with your career. He just doesn't want you to put more trust into that than into him. Let me tell you this. I'm going to say it right now, church. Hear me out. Because God wants to set you up in so many ways. I just see it in the spirit. He wants to set you up, but you have to let go of certain things that, you, that, you, that you don't, you're not trusting with. And it's getting in the way of the fruit in your life. Let me tell you this. Do, your, your, your paycheck is not your source. Because your pay can get cut this week. Your clientele is not your source. They can leave you tomorrow. 
This economy is not your source. It is always changing. Your job is not your source. They can switch up on you this week. All these things, hear me, hear me are all blessings. But your only source is Jesus. He says, I am the bread of life. Jesus wasn't just talking about spiritual fulfillment. He was talking about all type. He was talking about everything. He said, I am provision. Why are you forsaking me? I'm the one that's trying to hook you up. How are you going to run away from the hookup? He's the one that's trying to give you the deal and you run away from him. He's setting you up in your life. He's setting you up spiritually, mentally. You see, God wants you to step into the places and platforms that he has for you, but he wants you to be built up doing it. He wants you to know your identity in him. He doesn't want you to compromise in fear. He wants you to be light to the world. He wants you to lead people to know him. He wants you to have influence. He wants you to make impacts. He wants you to move into anointing. He wants to use you to bring healing even in the corporate world. You could be in the office with someone and someone is not feeling well. Can I pray for you real quick? Sure. I just pray that God heals you. And, and even if you don't see nothing happen, it touch their heart. He wants you to have boldness for him. But if we keep forsaking him and go after the things, we get the things and we're insecure in the things. You get the job without Jesus, you're insecure in the job because now the job has become your God. Now, 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 I need you to work this time. Okay, boss, I'll be right there. Five minutes away. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't supposed to work today, but I, I was coming anyway. We, I mean, because the, the boss, is, the, the, the job is our God because we got, we got the job distant from Jesus. So now our stake is in man and not in God. But whatever God gives you, he's the one that has to take it from you. When God opens the door, he says, I open doors and I also close doors. If God opens the door for me, if the door is closing, it's because God wants me to go somewhere else. But if I open the door myself to go through, then it's on me now. Now I'm trying to figure out, oh my God, what's happening with this job? What's happening here in my life? What's happening with this relationship? I'm living life anxious and insecure because I don't even know if I'm in God's will. This is what it says in Matthew 6, 24. Can we go a little deeper? Here we go. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon, which is money. You cannot serve both God and mammon. Hate here. What that means here in the Greek, it just means to love less. Doesn't mean you hate God if you love money. It just means you love God less. It says you cannot serve both God and money. You can't do it. You're serving one or the other. Let me tell you this. The reason why we don't know Jehovah Jireh, the reason why we're not walking in the fullness as God is our provider, even when we don't know how it's going to happen, even when, when, we, when we don't know where the answer is going to come, when the phone's, phone call is going to happen, the email is going to happen. The reason why is because we love Jesus, but we serve money. We have a lot of churchgoers, but we have a lot of servants of money. That's why you can have the worst week of your life and show up to work with a smile on your face. They paying you. <laughs> but, but come here to serve when you had a bad week and you have an attitude. 
is because we love God, but we serve money. That's why we show up to work on time, but we show up everywhere else late. Because you ain't paying me. You ain't paying me. I ain't going to show up on time. I don't care where I need to go. I ain't showing up on time. Let me say this. When your character, your spirit, and your heart is consistent, no matter if people can pay you or not, you are telling God you are my provider. I don't care if no one ties for the rest of the year. I'm still doing this. I would show up here every single week. Trust me, we started in the dance city with three people, okay? <laughs> I would show up here every single week, and I would preach the gospel with all my heart. I don't care if we got three people sitting on the front row. I will preach like it's thousands of people in here because God is my source. We cannot serve both God and money. I remember 12 years ago, um, I got into a, a situation, you know, I, I'm young, you know, and, uh, you know, you make mistakes, you know, you kind of grow from it. I needed to build my credit and I really wanted a nice car. So I found a place that was just very sketchy and, uh, they said that they would give me the car, they would give me the deal, but I had this agreement with them that because I had no credit, if I was late by one day, they could repossess my car. It's a horrible, horrible idea. Okay, let me tell you though, I, God provided though, I ain't gonna lie to you, I was working, I had, you know, I had my, our business was starting to, to go, right? And um, God provided, I mean, you know, uh, the first couple years, I mean, everything was great, everything was great. And then we hit a season <laughs> with our business and the funds weren't coming in. I remember I had one week to go before I needed to pay this car note. And I knew that if it wasn't paid on that day, these people were going to get my car. They were known. I had friends because they gave you, they hooked up young, young, you know, young brothers with nice stuff because they knew if you were late, they're going to take it right back. <laughs> so I knew that my time was running out. And so I remember I was just like, I got to hustle. I got to hustle. So I remember I was calling all types of loan companies and, you know, trying to get loan from car, you know, car insurance and this and that and, and all, all these different things to try to get money. Um, I don't know why I said car insurance, but whatever. Um, <laughs> Anyways, I remember in the pursuit of doing it, the Holy Spirit said, don't get alone. Strong. Don't get alone. I'm like, Jesus, I have four days left. And that is it. I've been paying for two years and my credit is going to be ruined if they take this car. The Holy Spirit said, don't get the loan. I felt it strong. So I remember, man, it was like three days left, two days left. And the day before, because it, it was going to happen on a Monday, but I remember going to church on Sunday. And I remember just going to church that morning. And I, all I could say is, is that I, all I could think, when you got something, anybody got any deadlines? You got some things to do, and that's all you think about? It's like you have your fun, but then you remember what you have going on. This was like in my mind, right? But the Lord told me, gave me instruction, go to church. Go to church, don't worry about it. <laughs> I promise you. I go to church. Show up in 845 morning prayer, North Hollywood. And after prayer, this couple comes up to me that, you know, I see them often. And it's not like they got money like that or anything, but they come up to me and they say, Keith Allen, God put it on our hearts to give you some money. I said, huh? <laughs> they wrote a check for, a, they already had the check for exactly half the amount. Half the amount. 
I mean, that's cool, but my car notes to do the next day. And I, <laughs> I mean, I, I was like, wow, praise the Lord. Don't, don't get me wrong. I was like, this is a miracle. But after I received the miracle, I said, oh, God, what am I going to do, though? I still got, <laughs> I still got $300 that I need by tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, I celebrated for about five minutes. Don't get me wrong. So then I sat through service, and I'm like, you know what? My faith started getting built up because I'm like, yo, that's never happened to me before. Like, I hear that happen to other people. That never happened to me. Like, someone come up to me like, hey, God told me to give you this. That just never happened to me. But now I have $300 in my pocket or in a check. So anyways, uh, so it's after service, man, and I'm serving, and one of my boys comes up to me. He said, hey, man, follow me to the parking lot. So I was like, all right. When I follow him to the parking lot, he reaches in his wallet and says, hey, man, I just feel like I'm supposed to give you some money. He said, how much do you need? He said a thousand. That's how, that's how you do people. <laughs> Going to the casino. I said, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he said, how much do you need? And I said, I, I need $300. He said, cool. This dude gave me $300. I leave church with all the money that I needed for the payment the next day. Because I simply said, God, I'm not serving money. I'm going to serve you. And let me tell you this. I made a statement about even coming to church because I, I, needed, I needed a hustle. Yeah. I'm coming to morning prayer, 845. I spend my whole day. I'm setting up. I'm serving and stuff. I get out. It's 1 o'clock. And, and I'm just, God's like, I'm not even thinking about it. And, it, and, the, and the provision finds me. And so I just want to encourage. That's just one of many, many hundreds of testimonies. When you, God is Jehovah Jireh. When God is your Jehovah Jireh. Amen. So I want to go back here real quick. It says, so the disciples wanted, we're going to go to Matthew 14, 16. The disciples want Jesus. I want to make another point here. The disciples want Jesus to send the people away, right? And this is what Jesus says back. And look at this. Look at this for the first time. It says, but Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. I stopped here and I just dwelled in this. I said, God. You're about to do a miracle. They don't know it yet. You're about to do a miracle. You're about to feed thousands of people with a few brushes, uh, bread and fish. I can't talk today. Um, and, br and brushes. Um, <laughs> and you, you're asking them to feed them first? You, you're telling them to feed the people first? And my question was, God, why would you even ask the question if you already knew what you were going to do? And the Holy Spirit responded back, and he said... Because in order to receive provision, you first need to become provision. In order to receive provision, you must first give provision. You must first not even give it, be the provision. Be the provision. There was this woman that was suffering and she was, she was struggling financially. It was a drought and she's about to die. And Elijah the prophet comes into her house, and Elijah goes, I'm hungry, I need something to eat. I'm just going to paraphrase. And the woman responds and said, I'm sorry, I wish I could help you, but I only have a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil, and after that, I'm going to die. And the Holy Spirit speaks to Elijah and says, make me a small cake from what you have first, and you will never run out of provision." By faith, she only had a little bit and she was going to die. By faith, she, she makes a cake for Elijah. 
and then receives provision that doesn't run out. Because in order to receive the provision in the area that you want, you have to be the provision in the area that you want. I'm going to say it again. In order to receive the provision in any area that you want, you must be the provision in that area. If you are depressed, you need to be joy to somebody else. If you are lonely and you're dealing with loneliness, you need to be company to somebody else. I'm sewing company. It don't have to be money. I'm sewing company. I'm sewing this time with you because I'm lonely. I want to sew this into you. Right? When you are dealing with fear in your life and anxiety, you need to sow peace into somebody else. I've been having a week of anxiety. Okay, God, who do you want me to call and just sow peace into? Who can I encourage right now? Because that's your seed. In any area that you need provision in, you first have to be provisioned for it. Amen? Amen. Let me say this. Provision attracts provision. Lack attracts lack. If you're in lack, you don't hold on to the lack. You're going to get more lack. It's a mathematical equation in the spirit, right? Poverty, but giving equals, equals abundance, right? Poverty, and you hold on to the poverty, becomes more poverty. So this is what happens. It says, and they said to him, we have only five loaves and two fish, verse 18. And Jesus says, look at this. He says, bring them here to me. Bring them here to me. They bring the seed to Jesus. They bring the five loaves and, 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 the, and the fish. They bring it to Jesus, right? And they don't know what he's about to do. But Jesus said, bring it here to me. Because if they would have held on to that bread and that fish, it would have stayed that bread and that fish. It wouldn't have grown. It wasn't until they put what they had in their hands, the little bit of that they had, into Jesus' hands, where Jesus was able to be the breadwinner and stir up the harvest to feed thousands of people. And the Lord is saying, you're holding on to the seed. Give me the seed and watch what I'll do with it. I'm going to close with this. I'm going to talk about real quick Abraham, just real quick. Because Abraham... Abraham, as I close, Abraham believed God for a son, right? For 25 years. He's 100 years old. He finally gets his son. He gets his Isaac. Everyone say Isaac. Before I close, I just want to talk about this because Isaac represents the thing that you've been praying for. It's been the thing. It, it, it represents the thing in your life that brings you security. It represents the thing in your life that without it, you're insecure. Isaac can be your calling. Isaac can be your promise. Isaac can be this addiction that you just can't live without. Isaac can be this friends with benefits relationship that pleases your immediate flesh, but it's destroying your purpose in God. Isaac represents something that, 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 that the thought of releasing it to God makes you uncomfortable. And there's a lot of us right now that are walking in poverty. We're walking in lack. Doors are not happening. Careers haven't moved. Things have been slowed down for us because we don't know this. We have been holding on to Isaac. But God can't release the fullness of his promise for your life until you give him your Isaac. This is Genesis 22, verse 2. It says, then he said, God said, look at this. Take now your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, Carrie, 
and offer him there as a burnt offering. You're about to hear all the time in the next week. And offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I should tell you. I know we've read this. I know we've heard this, but just allow the Holy Spirit to do something new right here in this moment, right? God tells Abraham, pretend this is the first time you hear this. God tells Abraham, you're Isaac, the one that you love most in the entire world. I'm telling you right now, I need you to put it on the altar and sacrifice it, right? Put it on the altar and sacrifice it. And look at Abraham's response. I think when I saw it this time, I said, wow. He, it says, verse 3, it says, so Abraham rose early. You know, if God's talking about your Isaac, you, you're not, first of all, waking up early. He was like, I'll get to it. He rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering. And he rose and he went to the place of which he had, of God had told him. God tells Abraham to sacrifice his Isaac. And look at this. Abraham doesn't respond back to God. Abraham doesn't have a word for God, a question for God. Abraham's not emotional. He doesn't say anything. I mean, if God tells you to sacrifice something that you hold dear in your life and give it to him, you're going to say something back. You're going to be emotional about something. If God comes to you and says, I, I need you to give me this Isaac of your porn. I, because it's blocking this next season that I have for you. And we respond and, and get emotional and say, well, I've been doing this my whole life. This is what validates me. God knocks on your spirit and says, I need you to give up this Isaac friendship that always tempts you to act like your old self. Because there was a grace for it, but now I'm lifting it because of where I'm taking you. And we respond back and say, well, who, who else am I hang out with? God goes right now. He says, give me the Isaac of this fear of rejection. Give me this Isaac of this fear of failure. Give me this Isaac of this insecurity that is stopping you from stepping into your calling. And we respond back. I'm going to get to it, God. I'm, I'm just busy right now. I just, you know, I have a lot going on. You know, one day I, I'm just trying to get my life situated, you know, before I could, before I could do that. And God asks us for our Isaacs, but we respond back with excuses. But Abraham just goes. He just goes. He doesn't say a word. He trusts God in the moment, and he just goes. And this is why he goes. It says in verse Genesis 22, verse 7, it says, But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood is here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Then Abraham said, My son. Look at this. This is why, this is why <laughs> Abraham left without saying anything back. He says, my son, God will, help me out. Why is he not going back and forth with God? Why does he just, God says, I want that. Okay, here, you can take it. God says, give me that. Okay, here you go. Leave this. Okay. Be here. Okay. Because he understood that God is God, but, is, but he's also his provider. I want to let you know that many of us, we, we believe in God, but we're just uncomfortable with God as a provider. So we leave God out when it's time for him to ask for, for when it's time for us to give him our Isaac. Let me tell you this. The proof 
that God is Abraham's provider is how he gave. He was giving up his Isaac, right? That's how he understood God as as his provider. The evidence for God being your provider, the evidence in your life that God is your breadwinner is not about how well you can receive. It is by how well you give. So he goes up to his son. He gets the knife. He's about to slay him. And it says in verse Genesis 22, verse 12, it says, an angel of the Lord comes out. And he said, do not lay your son, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. How did, how did God know? Now, fear here is not, I'm afraid, oh my God, I'm so afraid of God. This type of fear means reverence. It means respect. It means being submitted. This, this fear of God is reverence to God as your provider. The angel said, now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld your Isaac. So that means when we give freely, we're saying, I have the fear of God. But when we withhold, we're saying, I have the fear of man. Stay with me. When we give freely, we're saying, I have the fear of God. But when we withhold what God wants to do, we're announcing, I have the fear of man. In verse 13, it says, and Abraham lifted his eyes, and there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. In verse 14, Abraham called the name of the place. Look at this. The Lord will provide. He calls this place. This is the first time we see in the scripture, Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. How did he know about God as Jehovah Jireh in his life? It's because he trusted God and he gave. Many of us don't know Jehovah Jireh. God wants to bring provision in every area of your life, but we trust more in God we trust, which is the money, than in the spirit of God. So this is what happens. I'm going to go here as I, as, as I close. Verse 18. You don't even have to go there. It's fine. I'll say this. God makes a promise to Abraham, and this is where I end. It says, in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. You know what's interesting about this as I close with this? <laughs> the reason why Abraham was so quick to give Isaac to God is because he knew Isaac was his seed. His seed. He didn't see it as loss. He saw it as gain. Another scripture says that he understood the faithfulness of God, that he knew that if, if he was, if Isaac was to die, he knew that God could raise him back up again. Isn't that the same thing that happens with seeds? You can trust God with your seed because you know he's going to resurrect it again. You see, when Abraham was going up the mountain, the reason why he was cool and had peace, because he knew that he had a seed. And he knew that his seed wasn't going anywhere. He knew that whatever happened, God was going to bring it back a hundredfold. Because he knew that this was the seed of promise. He knew that thousands, millions of people, a nation would come from him. I want to say something a little deeper. God promises Abraham. And he says, what you've done, you, you haven't withheld your only son, neither will I. 
right? He says, in your seed, in your seed, all the nations of the world will be blessed. This is what I thought about. I said, wow, God, wow. In, in Isaac, because of what he did with Isaac, this opened the door to Jesus. I'm going to go a little deeper. Because he freely gave his Isaac, it opened up the door to provision. Every time you surrender your Isaac, you are opening up the door to the bread of life. You are opening up the door to provision. You guys stand to your feet. Who is ready for supernatural provision? Come on. You know, this woman of God gave me a prophecy, and it's about to come to pass. She said, I see you. This is like years ago, way before I was a pastor. But she said, one day, she said, you're going to have a church. And she said, your church is going to be like a bank in the body of Christ. She said, your church is going to be like a bank for the body of Christ. She said, I see you guys funding everything. Funding other churches, funding events. We're going to be a, a, a lighthouse and a storehouse for people all, all over the world. Because we're going to move in the kingdom. We're going to move in his abundance. We're going to move as a generous church. And we're going to have the blessing on this house. Father, we just receive this word right now. Lord, I pray that this word changes our hearts right now. Come on. Come on. Let's surrender every Isaac right now. Come on. Every fear. I just want to encourage you, if this is your church and you believe in this and you believe God has called you here, you should be tithing here. I just want like, I just want to be honest with you. You should be tithing here. If you go to another church, tithe there. But if this is your house, trust God with the tithe. Trust God that he's going to provide. And and also too, trust God that he's going to provide food in this house. We want to do this freely. We don't want to think about the light bill and this and that. Like we just want to just, you know, we want to be, I want to, we want to give. Trust God. Trust God. No matter what season you're in, he is faithful. You serve a faithful God. You cannot outgive God. Serve him. Trust him. Father, I pray for a transformation in our hearts. I pray for abundance. Father, I speak promotion right now over everybody in here. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, you said that we will have a church full of millionaires for the body of Christ. And I decree that over your life. I prophesy entrepreneurs right now to rise up in Jesus' name. I prophesy Fortune 500 companies to come out of this house in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for corporations that are going to transform the world in this house in Jesus' mighty name. I speak enterprises over you in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on. I pray over scripts. I pray over projects right now. I thank you for the funding for this movie right now in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you for the writers. I thank you for the investors for this idea. Father, send them right now, Father. I thank you for sending the ravens, like the ravens that fed Elijah, the provision that came to to Elijah. I thank you for the same provision to come over this church and to come over the people of this house. In Jesus' mighty name, you sent ravens to bring food. You sent ravens to bring bread. And Father, I thank you for the ravens. Ravens represent things that are unclean. So that means God's going to send people that don't even know him to bless you. So, Father, we thank you for bringing people to support the vision you've given us. And, Father, I pray and I prophesy that the city that we're about to step into with this new building, I thank you that the entire city is going to be changed. 
I thank you, and I'm not just saying that to sound spiritual. I thank you that neighborhood by neighborhood, block to block, we're going to see transformation in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you that this is a season for the church to take over territory in the mighty name of Jesus. It's not just going to be a Sunday thing for an hour and a half and then we go and live life. No, 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 no. You are transforming territories in these dark times in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. I also right now speak over every seed that you have sown. Every seed that is in the ground. I command that seed to rise up now in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, for the rain over every seed that has been sown. Seed into family members. Seed, seed into the business. Seed into the children that are not trying to follow Jesus. Seed into relationships. Seed into finances. Seed into peace. Seed into deliverance from this child abuse that you experienced as a kid. Seed of deliverance in the mighty name of Jesus. So Lord, we thank you for releasing your blessing upon this house and on the people of this house. In Jesus' mighty name. If you are in agreement, everybody say amen.